Overseers to the late night fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my very shiny co-host Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, this is a special edition of the Late Night Fright. We are going to be doing a review of a movie that is currently out in theaters. And not only is it currently out in theaters, it just came out in theaters. Faith, what movie are we talking about? We're talking about Doctor Sleep. Dr. Sleep is the 2019 sequel of sorts to the 1980 Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining. We just released an episode on The Shining that is available wherever podcasts are found. I don't think you need to listen to that episode before you listen to our review of Dr. Sleep, but uh, it's a pretty good episode. Yeah. I think you should check it out they for should, sure. They should listen should to it. Don't you tell people not to listen should to it. You <laughs> should definitely check it out. I stand corrected by my very shiny so faith uh dr sleep we were excited about this movie yes very and excited what had you excited about it outside of the shining connection obi-wan kenobi <laughs> obi-wan Obi kenobi is indeed in this movie and uh, what got me excited about it was the involvement of mike flanagan now i had heard that they were doing the dr sleep sequel and then we did the haunting of hill house on this show that is another episode available wherever podcasts are found we both really enjoyed the haunting of hill house mm -hmm. and it was around that time that it was all coming out or we started putting together that mike flanagan who's also directed a movie called oculus which is a very good movie uh that he was going to be the uh the trustee of this property and when we put that together and with how much we enjoyed hill house and moving into doctor sleep we we got very excited about this and then the trailer came out and the trailer looked phenomenal right <laughs> you know you hear those notes those those five or six little notes of that music mm -hmm. and it just it gets you right right exactly. under the skin <laughs> well let's uh let's get into it um first impressions what did you think of dr sleep i really liked it i think i liked it more than i thought i would this is a very fine film. Uh, I will say this. Uh, the first part of our review is going to be spoiler-free. We're going to try our best to keep it spoiler-free. When we do switch to spoilers, I will go ahead and let you all know. That way you can get out, but come but back come after back. you've seen the movie. <laughs> um, I also, I really, truly enjoyed this movie. This is a movie. We saw it last night. It is still with me. I'm mm -hmm. still thinking about this movie, and I think that's the mark of a really good movie when you're still thinking about it and you're not laughing at it. You know, right. you're not <laughs> nitpicking it. No, it really is very well done. How do you feel about this movie as a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's Shining? I'm okay with it because I feel like, especially with the time difference, I feel like a lot of these movies today that are trying to be remakes or things along those lines tend to um, mess it up in a way. No offense to anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like they did a good job of bringing in elements from so long ago and having this newer feel to it. That's why I think I liked it because it, it didn't seem 
What am I trying to say? It didn't seem like it was trading in on the nostalgia and the warm feelings that so many people have for The Shining. Because The Shining Mm -hmm. is one of the most influential and popular horror movies ever made. So with that said, Mike Flanagan had a pretty big task (laughs) in front of him because Stephen King did write the sequel to the novel. Now, Stephen Mm -hmm. King was famously not a fan of Stanley Kubrick's version of his book. Um, (laughs) He has mellowed on that a little bit in in previous years. But uh, I will say this, and, and Faith and I had a conversation about this on the way in to do the show. I understand where he's coming from with some of it. Mm-hmm. I do get it. But I think that that Kubrick movie is so damn near perfect I know. in what it does in establishing tension and characters and situations. And, and, and it just, it's one... It's an icy movie. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a it's a blood curdling movie. I don't really consider it so much of a horror movie as I do a psychological thriller movie. Right. But it's definitely horrific, oh, and yeah. and that's another movie that that sits with you. And as we've said uh, on the Shining episode that we did, it's a movie that's disturbing mm-hmm. on so many levels. And we're both huge fans of this movie. What expectations did you have going into Dr. Sleep? I honestly did not have any. I went in with an open mind because I didn't want to expect too much of The Shining too much, Mm -hmm. you know, because I didn't want to be let down too much because obviously it's one of my favorite movies. So I didn't want to go in expecting so much of that. So I kind of just went in clear-minded, you know, see what I got from it. (laughs) Did you feel like uh, you were rewarded yeah. for that yeah i do too i think so i i went in with uh, uh lowered expectations i was not expecting a bad movie at all right. it was just what are we going to get because mm-hmm. the trend these days is nostalgia you see it in a lot of these major franchises um you know star wars has definitely traded in on nostalgia i know there's more out there that are escaping me at the moment but um but you could make the argument seeing the first trailer for this movie. They were putting you back in the Overlook Hotel mm-hmm. from 1980. Uh, but I really feel like it was just kind of establishing, yes, this is the sequel to the movie. And I wanted to say that about Flanagan. He had a job that I wouldn't have wanted. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> because on one hand, you have the Stanley Kubrick movie, which mm-hmm. everyone is so familiar with. That's the version I think most people Love mm-hmm. now. I know there's some hardcore fans out there that say, "Oh, the book is better." Oh, the 1997 miniseries captures the spirit of the book, and I know that the miniseries is more in line with the novel than the movie is. But so for so many people out there, the movie is The Shining. That's right. that's their uh, their touchstone for this property. But he had the job of adapting Stephen King's novel, which is a sequel to the novel, not to the movie. I have not read the novel. A good friend gave me a rundown on the novel. And apparently he's done a really good job. And I was catching this when, when we were watching it, that he seems to be treading the line between honoring that original movie mm-hmm. and honoring Stephen King's really great work that he's done you know, as right. a storyteller. And I feel like Dr. Sleep when I was watching it, while it makes many allusions to The Shining in the first, what would you say, 15 minutes of the movie? Yeah. When you have young Danny, and we're going to we're gonna get to that in the story section. Uh, it definitely alludes, I mean, you were in the overlook at the beginning. The, mm-hmm. the, the credit sequence 
is comprised of the carpeting, you yep. know, in that <laughs> iconic carpeting in that hotel. But I never felt like he was trading that mm-hmm. for nostalgia. I, I always feel like Dr. Sleep is its own story mm-hmm. and what a story it is. We're going to get more into the story when we when we get into the spoiler section, because I, I really I don't want to spoil it for anyone right. out there. And if you're um, if you're not familiar with what this is about, this is about grown up Danny Torrance, played by Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> played by uh, Mr. Ewan McGregor, who is one of our favorites here. And let me tell you the story real quick and see if this sounds familiar. So Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is Force-sensitive, comes upon a a very strong individual in the Force and (laughs) takes it upon himself to train this individual and protect them from the dark side. Does that story sound familiar? That sounds. An I didn't awful, know we were talking about Star Wars. An awful lot like Star Wars. Well, that is very much the setup for Doctor Sleep. He, um, <clears throat> Danny, takes this young girl Abra under his wing. There is a dark side out there. We're going to talk about them because they're absolutely wonderful and wicked, and very terrifying. Mm-hmm. And there's a breakout performance here that I really, really want to get into. But let's start with the cast. So we're still spoiler-free here. Mm-hmm. At center of this movie, we have Ewan McGregor. He is playing Danny Torrance, who in this movie goes by Dan, and at times he goes by Dr. Sleep. What did you think of Ewan McGregor's performance as grown-up Dan? Who, who are we talking about? I'm sorry, Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi, sometimes known as Ben Kenobi. <laughs> I think he was great. I think he did a good job of, you know, being adult uh, Danny Torrance, I feel like he really, without being being spoiler-free here, I feel like he really brought to life where he really would have been. You know what I mean? The the continued story yes. of Danny Ewan brings that. I think he that, did a yes. very good job of bringing that to life. Ewan, uh, Ewan is one of my favorite actors. Ewan is a guy I feel like sometimes possibly might get overlooked sometimes mm-hmm. because he's always so... Good. Mm-hmm. And when I heard he was playing Danny Torrance in this sequel, I got very excited about it because I knew at least one performance in this movie was right. going to be really good because, you know, there's certain actors we've talked about them on this show before. Um, uh, the guy who was in the original Shining Jack Nicholson's one of them. Gene Hackman is one of these guys. They're always good. And mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor is really good here. And what I really enjoyed was him playing the alcoholic Danny Torrance, because I feel like you really get an insight into what that affliction is like. Exactly. Now, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I know Ewan McGregor does not drink anymore. And I was, I was kind of wondering when I was watching it, how much of his personal uh, life was being brought into this. I don't know the extent. I know he's talked about, he doesn't drink anymore. So um, he really, he really nailed that. I've I've known a few people like that. It almost doesn't feel like a character that makes any sense, you know, yeah. in a movie. If it, it, yeah. it seems very very real. Yes, it does. We have another wonderful performance here from a young woman who I believe is going to do some wonderful things. Her name is Kylie Curran. She plays Abra Stone. She is the girl who is very gifted with the shining. She is the most powerful force user in the universe. Hopefully the Sith do not get their hands on her. Um, Kylie Curran, uh, she's really, really good. I think yeah. this is one of the better child 
performances that we've that. ever seen. Yeah. What did, what did you think of her? I loved her. She's, um, again, this is a really good cast that feels very real. She's she's not your little typical yeah. kind of whiny teenage girl, you know? <laughs> when we were watching the movie last night, the two thoughts I had about young Kylie Curran as Aberstone was there's a tendency in these things, and again, I have not read the book, so I'm sure he was drawing a lot of inspiration from the book. I don't know how she was written in the book, but... There's a tendency with these characters, these younger characters, because how old would you say that she is? She's a teenager. She's 13. Yeah, Yeah, she's a young girl. Mm -hmm. To write them either overly smart Mm -hmm. or to write them as complete smart asses. Mm -hmm. I never felt that she was one of those things. I always felt like she was very balanced. She's very intelligent. Right. She's very cunning. Mm -hmm. She's a cunning warrior. She really is. But I never felt like they uh, Flanagan overplayed uh, her for humor or cheap laughs or anything like that. And I never feel like she's showing up the adult characters. Exactly. But she gets moments to shine, for lack of a better word, not being funny. <laughs> she gets moments to shine. You see her intelligence come through. Mm-hmm. And she's a really great and fun character. Mm-hmm. She's really, really, really well done. There's some other great uh, supporting performances here. Cliff Curtis plays Billy Freeman. That's uh, Dan Torrance's friend, co-worker, and AA sponsor. Cliff Curtis is one of these actors. He's a character actor. He's been in so many things. He's always, always so solid. Uh, Carl Lumbly plays Dick Halloran. Uh, Dick Halloran, of course, is the former cook of The Overlook. He was played by the great Scatman Crothers in the original 1980 film. Carl Lumbly bears more than a passing resemblance and voice yes <laughs> to scatman crothers i really felt like i was looking at dick halloran i did too it was almost kind of scary how similar it, it 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 really it really really was uh the great uh character actor bruce greenwood pops up um as dr john dalton he is the leader of dan torrance's uh aa group and he gives him a job and we're going to talk more about that when we get into the story but before we do that There's a performance in this movie and a character in this movie that I think is going to be completely iconic. And I feel that uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who plays Rose the Hat, who is the antagonist of this piece, I feel that this is Horror Hall of Fame. I think that she is going to be immortalized as one of the great villains in movies. I was mesmerized by her performance. I'm I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about her. I really am. I'm just showing them the faith. And what did you think of Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat? Because I really feel like she makes this movie special. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I think, I don't want to sound like a horrible person. I think lately, to me, it's hard for a woman to stand out so much on the screen. In mm-hmm. my opinion, mm-hmm. to be just so different and so unique in their own way. And I think that's, I mean, she's incredible. I used the word mesmerizing, and I stand by that word because mm-hmm. when she was on screen, I wanted to look at her. I, know. I wanted to watch her. You could have done the entire movie about Rose the Hat I know. and her group, The True Knot. Rebecca Ferguson uh, has made quite a splash in the past couple of years in the uh, Mission Impossible series. I know she's done some other work. I was completely floored by her here. And I will say this about Rose the Hat and the way that she plays her. I don't know how it was written on the page. 
she is completely terrifying because she is so completely normal. I know. She does not play malevolence or evil or mm-hmm. or horror or or vindictiveness. She plays this woman as a real person. The things that she does in this movie are absolutely abhorrent. You no one in civilized society would do what this woman does to people. Yet there is something that is so normal. Do I want to use the word <laughs> sympathetic almost about? I mean, there is a sympatheticness kind of. to her. And the great villains in in film and literature never feel like they're the villain. They feel like they're the hero in their own story. Mm-hmm. She feels like she's the hero in her own story. She is doing what she believes to be right for herself and for her friends and family. And it's absolutely abhorrent what they do, but it's an absolutely mesmerizing performance. I don't say this very often. Um, awards are what they are. Uh, <laughs> every now and then something comes along where you go, man, that is really good. And they at least deserve some kind of recognition. Mm-hmm. I believe that Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat deserves some kind of recognition for for uh, an Oscar, Golden Globe, whatever it is they, they feel fit yeah. to bestow on her. Just... I think she just needs to be recognized for this because I. it's been a long time since I've seen something like this. And she's so quiet and mm-hmm. good and, and evil. That's what, that's what I was saying about, you know, a woman on screen. I'm still thinking about her the next day after watching this. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's very rare with me with, yeah. with characters lately, especially in newer movies. Yeah. I don't think, you know, I don't watch a lot of newer stuff thinking about the characters so much the next day, but. Yeah. Mesmerized is a good word. She, whatever was on the page and the direction that she was getting and the things that she was bringing to it, it all works. Mm -hmm. It is worth going see this movie for her. Yeah. Uh, Not taking anything away from anybody else in this movie. She is that good. And I really believe that she deserves an Oscar nomination for this. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't know if she if she deserves the award, but she deserves to be recognized for this because I think she's wonderful. And I want to say this and Faith, you know what I mean when I say this. And I hope this doesn't make me sound shallow. How refreshing was it to see a real woman on screen, Mm -hmm. a woman who she's a very attractive woman. I mean, there's no getting around the fact that Rebecca Ferguson is a good looking lady, but Here's a woman like with curves and hips, yeah. you know, and, and she's not dressed over sexualized. She's not over sexualized. She's just in T-shirts and skirts. Very <laughs> bohemian yeah. look that she has. And she looks like a woman mm-hmm. and she she's written like a woman, yeah. like a strong, just a strong character yeah. in general. But a strong. But here comes a strong female character. And yeah, yeah she's the antagonist. But. That, that doesn't matter. This is just a really strong character. And, and I think she's the breakout of this movie. Oh, yeah. I think she's absolutely wonderful. And uh, I don't know who cast, who decided to cast her, but they are. Thank you for it. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. So let's get into it. Let's get into the, uh, the spoilers here. Mm-hmm. You've been warned. So get out. If, uh, <laughs> but, but come back. <laughs> get out, but come out. So uh, Danny Torrance is uh, protecting Abra Stone, played by the great Kylie Corinne, as we said. That woman, uh, she has a really big career ahead of her. I really think she's, mm-hmm. she's really great. Uh, from Rose the Hat, plays by, played by Rebecca Ferguson, her group called The True Knot. And what The True Knot does is they find people with The Shining. 
and they kill them and they basically inhale their essence. They call it steam Mm -hmm. and you can see it. Uh, coming out of them and they inhale it like a like a drug and it's a really trippy thing to watch this because there's it's not a sexualized thing it's not like Mm -mm. an orgasmic thing and it's not this evil thing right they they feed they're feeding you know they're being nourished by it and so what uh what's happening is abra stone being so endowed with the shining they set their sights on her to get her because they're starving their, their, their little group, the True Knot, is starving. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to to get her. And throughout the course of the movie, Danny Torrance uh, hooks up with Aberstone. And he becomes her protector in a lot of ways. And then the uh, the movie ends up back at the Overlook Hotel. So we're, we're going to get into all of that. But um, the True Knot, you know, we've been talking about True Detective on the show. And we've been talking about ritualistic, uh, you know, occult mm-hmm. killings. They're... They find that the shining is most pure in children. They're a child killing cult Mm -hmm. is what they are. And it's absolutely reprehensible the way that they go about this, because what they do is they believe that uh, fear as the emotion of fear runs through the body. It uh, they said it in the movie. I forget the term they use, but it purifies the shine. It Mm -hmm. makes the steam even stronger. And so they're feeding, and there's a scene in this movie, young uh, Jacob Tremblay, that's his name, plays a young kid named Bradley Trevor. He's a baseball player. He's called Baseball Guy in the in the movie. He's referred to as Baseball Boy, I should mm-hmm. say. And uh, little uh, little spoiler here, Danny uh, Lloyd, who played Danny Torrance in the original Shining, makes a small cameo as his father. And we didn't actually recognize him Mm-mm. in the movie. We found that afterwards. But uh, he was there for a day. But uh, Jacob Tremblay was in the movie Room with Brie Larson. And he was on the set for one day. And he's a murder victim of the True Knot. There is a scene in this movie that is the most disturbing thing I have seen in a long mm-hmm. time. And Faith, uh, Faith, she's nodding her head. <laughs> they, they kill young Jacob. Uh, Bradley, I'm sorry, played by Jacob. They kill uh, young Bradley Trevor in a scene that is quite Horrific. possibly the most disturbing thing I've, I've ever seen. What did you think? Cause that to me was where the horror of this, of this thing mm-hmm. comes from, because this isn't a straight horror film, right? This is movie. There's a lot of things that, and, and we're, we're still getting into it, but uh, the horror in this movie came from that scene. It came from things that you and I have talked about on the show about ritualistic uh, abuse. Child abuse is never anything fun. No. And uh, young Mr. Tremblay, uh, they did this in one take. Uh, I did read that uh, they, they could only do it in one take because the actors playing the True Knot, Rebecca Ferguson among them, they were crying because it was so real. And they shot this from the from the neck up. You don't see anything that they're doing to it. Right. You get ideas of what they're doing to it. Right. What did you think of that scene? It was horrific. And it made me uncomfortable. I mean, it really did. We were both kind of shifting yeah. in our seats. I yeah. mean, the sounds and... You just think you, you put that into perspective, like you said, the things we've been talking about. And it seems, you, you know, you think about real things like that happening. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is uncomfortable to and, sit through. Yeah. And we were talking about Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat and how wonderful she is. And there is a moment in this scene, this kid is screaming bloody murder mm-hmm. and it is so real. And he, and he's screaming and he asks, are you going to hurt me? 
as they're as they're tying him down to the ground are you going to hurt me and rebecca ferguson very calmly and almost with a little smile on her face but not like not an not evil like, smile not an evil smile not that 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 mustache twirling villain right. thing you know not a freddy krueger i'm about to enjoy more she just goes yes you know because this is a character that speaks truth throughout this movie it's it's blood curdling and it's an important scene because this is what they want to do to Abra Mm -hmm. in this movie. And this is, you know, Danny Torrance is, is protecting her and uh, wonderful, wonderful scene. Very, very, very cringe inducing. It it chilled me. It got me right to the bone. I mean, it it, it was bad. Um, What did you think this movie was really about? Because I feel like there's a lot of things going on in this movie. It's a good question. I don't know what you got. I think it's about paying debts. I can see that. I think it's about paying debts and being true to yourself and the natural order. Because this uh, this true knot, uh, they are going against the natural order. They have been alive for longer than they should mm-hmm. be. They they live on this steam and it and it uh, keeps them young. As she says, eat well, live, live a long time. Live long. <laughs> live long. Going against the natural order. Danny yeah. Torrance is going against the natural order of who he is because he's denying his shine. You know, uh, yeah. but paying debts, uh, the Dick Halloran character played beautifully by Carl Lumley in this movie. Um, he he, you know, he encourages Danny to be who he is and says that he needs to pass on what he did for him to mm-hmm. someone else. You know, as, as someone who shines, he needs yep. to guide them like he did with him. And he seems reluctant at first to do that. But right. he comes into that and paying those debts. And dare I say it, making amends. That's something with alcoholics and AA, I believe it's the fourth step, if I'm not mistaken, like make amends, mm-hmm. make amends for things that you did, you know? Right. And, and that seems to be something in this movie that, uh, you know, that's a running theme, you know, yeah. making amends, facing your ghost because, uh, all of the ghosts from the shining mm-hmm. make, make an appearance here. <laughs> um, so this is a direct, continuation of the shining for the first 10 or 15 minutes of this movie because we spend time with young seven or eight however old he is a seven or eight year old danny torrance Mm -hmm. and uh what did you think of those scenes they were again i think they were done properly for how long the movie you know it's been so long since we've seen the shining yeah i think they were done so good but like you said not in a not really in a nostalgic way i feel like it was just the perfect little tie-in I felt like those scenes were very necessary mm-hmm. because, you know, we we just watched The Shining mm-hmm. and, you know, they drive off at the end and then you see that the dad is dead there in the hedge maze and you have some questions and I'm glad that they gave you some perspective as to what, you know, what happened, what right. was the aftermath of that exactly. because you get them in the immediate aftermath mm-hmm. of that, you know, in that same time frame. Um, I thought they were handled very, very, very well. Um, but again, the movie does not hinge on that nostalgia. Exactly. It's, those scenes are informative, mm-hmm. you know, and you see that he's haunted by these ghosts and you see him deal with these ghosts and you see him deal with his own personal demons as a, as the story goes on. So the big spoiler here, they go back to the overlook. The overlook comprises the last uh, third of this movie. The third act of this movie takes place in the overlook hotel. What did you think about the return to the Overlook? I was really excited when that ha- you know when they got there and I don't know it w- I liked the way that it looked that it had been sitting there kind of decomposing rotting yes, like a corpse. Yes, rotting exactly. 
gives the nice touch of right. it. Right. And I want to say this. Uh, Mike Flanagan and his team got the uh, blueprints from Stanley Kubrick's estate, and they built these sets to spec. Isn't so that cool? cool? And awesome. another little fun bit, I was reading Rebecca Ferguson said he had uh, big wheels made for the big kids <laughs> in the cast and crew, and they would ride the big wheels around the uh, set like, uh, <laughs> like Danny Lloyd did in the original Shining. And she said, fun 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 <laughs> she seems like uh she's like she's a great lady great person and uh she said they were having a lot of fun that sounds like so much fun doesn't it i want to ride my big wheel around the I overlook know. right um i thought the attention to detail with the stuff from the shining was just really yeah. really well done um one of one of my nitpicks i have a few Mm-hmm. tiny nitpicks with this movie i do feel like that the pacing drags a little bit in the middle of this that's my biggest nitpick yeah. my other nitpick is there are some things that are said there's dialogue where i think there doesn't need to be dialogue some scenes where uh abra and danny are communicating via it's a visual thing via like a chalkboard mm-hmm. and i feel like Ewan McGregor didn't need to talk. I feel like there there were some things that could have been done more visually, which I think would have lent it more into the Stanley Kubrick, you know, frame of uh, frame of mind. Right. But it's okay. I was. Uh, it did not. I did not go. Oh man, why are the? Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> I'm out of here. No, this movie's very well done on all ends. I think it's. Uh, I think it's really good. But yeah. with that said. It's a big plot. It it takes place on the East Coast and it does take its its sweet time. You know, getting to the Overlook. Andy, but, but I'm okay with it. Do you know why you were okay with that? Because it, this movie does something that not a lot of movies do these days. It takes its time to build characters. Mm-hmm. Not only does it take its time to build the characters of Danny Torrance and Abra Stone, who are your protagonists in this piece. This movie takes its time to build the antagonist in the True Knot with Rose the Hat, with uh, what was the guy's name? Crow Daddy, Crow Snake Daddy. Bite, Andy, uh, all of these people. You don't, and what I love too, the information that you get, you don't get full backstories. You get enough information mm-hmm. to keep you guessing and wondering and keep some mystery about them, but you know who they are and how long these people have yeah. been around. I It really takes its time at establishing character, and I do feel like this movie earns it when it goes to the Overlook and we're back where it all started. Yep. So you were a big fan of those scenes. I was. I was. And I think the story is 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 done so well that that's another reason it keeps me, you know, this this wasn't me waiting to see the overlook. You know, I was okay with what we got of just that because of the rest of the right. story is so good that, you right. know, I wasn't anticipating, oh, please hurry up and get there, you know? And before that, we do get some visions of the overlook mm-hmm. as seen by uh, older Danny in some points and you do get the music mm-hmm. uh, a few of the music cues and yeah. then it's wonderful when you're going into the overlook they do the same shots at night that mm-hmm. kubrick used passing that little island you know yep. and uh it's it's really really well done like i said those sets are built to spec and uh i i really enjoyed going back to the overlook um my biggest gripe outside of my few little nitpicks uh, now um <laughs> henry thomas who was in uh the haunting of hill house mm-hmm. He uh, shows up here as, quote, unquote, Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd the bartender. But we all know who Lloyd the bartender really is. He uh, <laughs> right. is Jack Torrance. Uh, before I get into my nitpick mm-hmm. or, or gripe, uh, what did you think of Henry Thomas playing Jack Torrance? Because, again, like Mike Flanagan following Stanley Kubrick, you don't want to do that. 
Uh, Henry Thomas is portraying one of Jack Nicholson's iconic movie roles. Right. Uh, how did you think uh, Henry Thomas did? I think he handled it well. Again, he's not Jack Nicholson, but um, it, it didn't upset me. You know, I was I was okay with the decision. The decision, of course, I would have wanted Jack Nicholson. <laughs> right now, um, they didn't uh, they didn't extend an invite to him like right. they did Danny Lloyd because they said. Uh, Jack's apparently retired and everybody in the industry knows it. They, they tried to get him for ready player one for an appearance and uh, he he's retired. So they didn't, they didn't extend it, but shame. he did say uh, that he was very supportive of the sequel. He was, he was excited that they were doing this, but uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen him definitely, you oh, know, yeah. but Henry Thomas did. I think he did. He yeah. Did just I mean, fine. I, like I said, he, he didn't upset me. So, I mean, yeah. My biggest gripe is in a movie about making amends that there was not more with Jack and mm-hmm. Danny, that there was not some kind of coming together. Again, I have not read the book. I, I do know that Jack, I think, is a little bit more of a figure in in the novel. Can I give a spoiler? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, apparently, I don't know if he does this in the book. Does, does Danny die in the book? I don't think that he does. Okay, well, in the movie, he dies... And as he's, you know, all this, these flames are surrounding him, his mom comes to him. He has a vision of his mother. A part yes. of me wanted that to be his dad. I was a little upset that it I was that, wanting that to be his dad. That the dad wasn't there because, again, the the theme of amends and mm-hmm. paying your debts, I felt like Jack Torrance should have been more involved in that last act. Yeah. That's, I was really, I was, I was a little disappointed when you right. see his mom pop up. I was like, mm. I wanted that right. to, be, I, I to wanted, be Jack. I wanted, I wanted that that uh, yeah. sense of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. But again, um, it didn't deter me from no. from the enjoyment of what had come before. Right. I, I would have done that differently, but we didn't make the movie, you know. <laughs> right. Um, all in all, I I really highly highly recommend this movie, and me too. Um, this is one of those. You know, I, I'm not going to tell you you know how to spend your time. If you can see this on a big screen, it's worth seeing it on a big screen to see the overlook. Right. You know, on the big screen. Um, you know, go to a matinee. It's you know this, but this is a really good movie, and I do recommend this on the uh, big screen. So, Faith, mm-hmm. uh, you recommend it as well, don't you? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I think it's a really well done movie. Uh, we're we saw this last night, so we're still kind of processing this. <laughs> yes. What what is sticking out the most to you now? Uh, a little less than twenty four hours after seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um. Obi-Wan is really sticking Obi-Wan. out to me. His performance, really, his transformation throughout the movie really sticks out to me. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, um, what about you? Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson yeah. is, is sticking out to me. Yeah. She, uh, and uh, the things that this movie is saying, mm-hmm. you know, about forgiveness and reconciliation and healing and self-healing and death and life. And the the beauty of it all and the mystery of it all. There's a lot of things happening in this yes. movie that are very heavy. And uh, themes that you find in classic horror films like Frankenstein and things of that nature. You know, the mystery of life is in this movie. And it's uh, it's really well done. If you like them, if you like your movies with good stories, great characters, great performances, you yeah. know, great direction. Uh, I do want to say I noticed the uh, Mike Flanagan we talked about this on the Haunting of Hill House. I was a fan of a shot where uh, uh, young Nell mm-hmm. in the Haunting of Hill House has a ghost 
that oh. she's in bed yeah. and she is on the bottom of the screen. The ghost comes above her mm-hmm. and he tilts the camera so they're eye to eye. And he does the exact same shot in this movie. And I leaned over to you and I went, that's the Hill House shot that I like. So that must be something that he that he likes to do. Yeah, a little trademark or something. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, if you're going into this, uh, if you haven't seen it and you just, you know, brave the spoiler section, it's uh, there are some scenes that are very difficult to watch in this movie. So just just be warned. Um, I I don't think it's anything anybody out there can handle, but it's it's it deals with some heavy stuff. and, And there's a pretty brutal murder scene in this that uh that you know if if you're like us and like uh like kids and puppies and and, <laughs> and cute and cuddly things it'll it'll get you and if you're it, a human being if you're a human heart, being yeah you know? <laughs> but uh it's a horror movie and and the horror in this is very real yeah. and i also want to say this too what I, I liked about this movie is this is, seems to be about people dealing with horror you know, they're dealing with horrors, either things that were perpetrated against them or or acts that they themselves perpetrated. And, right. I, and I feel like this movie really does so many things well. Uh, just don't go into it expecting the experience that you have watching Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Exactly. Just, uh, it's very respectful. And, and I feel like it deal as as we keep saying, it's its own movie. Mm-hmm. It deals with that movie, and I think it does so in a really respectful way. And uh, exactly is respectful of both Kubrick and Stephen King. And I, I really, really enjoy this movie. And I think, uh, uh, of course, we'll see how time treats it. You know, if, if it's the classic that The Shining is, I, yeah. I, 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 you never know with these things. But uh, I think time is going to be be very kind to this because I think it's it, it's really great and stands up on its own two legs. I think so too. Yeah. You have anything else you want to add? I think that's it. I, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. Go see the movie. Uh, we, of course, are available on uh, Instagram at the Late Night Fright Podcast and on www.latenightfright.com. You can uh, drop us an email. If you've seen the movie, let us know what you think about it. Uh, the reviews have been coming in. The reviews are pretty good. And uh, I think people are, are kind of getting what they're what they're doing with it. And mm-hmm. I hope they continue to get it because uh, this is great. Would you want to see another movie set in this in this universe? I would. I would too. I'd like to see one with Rose the Hat for sure. I would love to see Rose the Hat that would in be a good movie. film. Uh, you know, Stephen King, if you're out there, hey, <laughs> you've given us so much throughout the years. Can you just give us one more thing? <laughs> so, Faith, I think uh, I think it's time to sign off. I think we should tell them to keep their shining on a leash. Don't All you? right. All right. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep, keep your, your shining, shining on, on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs>